Hello and welcome to the live streamer backstage podcast. I'm Alec Johnson and this is a weekly show where I interview fellow live streamers to understand how they're using live streaming as a tool in their business and to discover the tech, the gear and the software that they use to produce great live shows. My guest today is Gillian Morin, aka Miss Jill. Jill has been a content creator on YouTube for over a decade and specializes in creating content that educates and inspires others. Jill has a background in public education and also in marketing and communications. As the founder of and CEO of Creative Communicators based out of Massachusetts, she serves a number of clients including a school district, economic development office, as well as many other businesses. Now, we all know the power of video and especially live streaming as an education tool. Many people, including myself, half-jokingly say that we study at the University of YouTube. Now, pre-pandemic, there may already have been a slight shift towards integrating video in more traditional educational methods. Um, and of course, the global lockdowns experienced during the pandemic really forced educational institutions to take their learning online. Uh, this no doubt drove rapid development of the platforms, the infrastructure and methods used to deliver this educational content. And certainly this has been something that we've all benefit for, benefited from. Uh, now that the world has opened back up, though, I'm keen to hear how live video continues to be used in education. Uh, have educational establishments returned to more traditional settings or are they now employing hybrid learning? I also want to learn more from Jill's vast experience exactly how best to integrate uh, video and live streaming into a learning environment. Uh, what are some of the ways that we can really maximize its effectiveness? I'm sure I'll also be asking about some of the live and remote production experience, which I think is on another level to many of us in in the live streaming community. Lots to talk about then, as always. So without further ado, let's welcome Gillian Morin. Hey, Jill, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm so excited to be with you. Excellent introduction. I feel like a VIP member. So thank you so much for having me and for uh, inviting me to be part of your show. Thanks. Yeah, oh, thanks for being here. Yeah, you've, uh, I mean, I've seen so many of your things like in the Ecamm group and uh, and so on. And it's just, I've always been impressed by uh uh, the way that you are on your live streams for a start, but also some of those things that I mentioned in the uh, the intro there with your your live productions and things, I was uh, yeah really really impressed by all of that. So it's great to great to have you here sharing your experience. Yeah, thank you so much. Ecam's been uh, you know a game changer for me. It's so it's so cliche to say game changer, but I'm going to say it anyways because it's literally like the perfect way to describe mm -hmm. uh, how I was able to really transform a lot of what I was trying to do. Everything that I could visualize in my head in terms of communicating something on camera, I can do through Ecamm. So um, I'm glad that that's the software and the platform that connected us. And I'm, I'm happy to contribute anything I can to your show and to what you're working on. Oh, thank you. Well, I share your sentiments there on Ecamm. It's a real enabler for me too. So <laughs> yeah, definitely with you on that. Uh, perhaps you can give us a bit more about your uh, your sort of background. I mean, I gave a very brief intro, intro there, but what's been your sort of path into well, into education and live streaming, I suppose, really. Sure. Well, if you want me to go back a little farther and share an interesting, weird story that won't make sense until it makes sense, I'm happy to start there. Sure. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> All right. So um, when I was in between like life choices and I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and I didn't know where I wanted to live and God knows I didn't want to go back to my hometown of Marlboro, Massachusetts, go Panthers. I uh, was home one Christmas and I woke up with a tooth infection. Okay. And I needed a root canal and I was unemployed and I was too old to be on my parents' insurance. So I, uh, I talked to someone else in the family that worked in education and said, Jill, if you get a job in the school system, you'll get immediate benefits and you can get your dental insurance right away. So I took a job in education because I had a root canal and I was desperate to get dental insurance. 
and uh, coverage. And anyway, so I started working in the middle school just part time as a teacher's assistant. And I fell in love with education. I loved the kids. I loved being able to, um, you know, fully be myself. There's something special when you're extroverted and when you're, Mm -hmm. you know, hyperactive like me and you have a ton of interest. If you can find the right way to connect in an industry or in a job and um, it's just so life giving and education was really that for me. And um, so, yeah, I started off as a teacher's assistant and then I later on went on to get my undergrad in teaching, my teacher certification, get my master's in education. And um, from a very early time in my um, teaching experience, maybe like 15 years ago, I gravitated towards video and content creation. Um, The subject that I taught was English as a second language. And as much as I could do in the classroom, I wanted to be able to provide them with some little tips and tricks and especially pronunciation support. Um, And so I always was like, you know, I got my first MacBook and iMovie and I just did as much as I could to make content to help them outside of the classroom. And that's kind of where video and media and um, creative solutions kind of came out. It was from my love of the kids and trying to do whatever I could do to help them in in their journey with learning. So that's my background in education. Thanks for uh, Dr. Dalala helping me with that first root canal. And uh, it's really what plugged me into finding a love of of communicating in video because it solved a problem. Uh-huh. It's so funny, isn't it? The little things that happen in our lives that uh, you know change the course of it, and you can't really ever Absolutely. you know. Plot, plot this stuff out i know what i wanted to be when i was a kid and i had like this whole idea of where things were going to go and i certainly could not have predicted where i'd be now and the things i would have done it's, it's quite amazing how these things all just line Absolutely. up sometimes and you're yep. so then your youtube channel i mean you've been on youtube for what over over 10 years now is it on your, your yeah channel? so I, I like guess- most people that started early on youtube it was like it was essentially my Google Drive before I right, right, <laughs> Google right. Drive. Yep. You know, making some stupid little video. I'm also a musician, so I would I would do singing performances and play the piano and all that. And mm-hmm. it was just like, uh, where should I put this? And I would put things on YouTube. So I started off on YouTube just as like a kind of catch all for different projects. Uh-huh. Um, and then I started being more strategic with some of my educational content. Um, I did have a couple of viral videos. One in particular has like 11 million views or something. Uh-huh. Um, is that the is that the that, Ellen one or? That's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Uh, pr- I don't know if you want to share that story because it was a that was a, a, an amazing video, a really heartwarming video actually. When I when I saw that. Yeah, it's still heartwarming. I can't even watch it without tearing up. Oh. Still to this day, it's like it's like seven, ooh, eight years later. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So this is the. The always, every time I share this story, the underlining message is like, if you're not sure whether you should record something or not, just record it because you don't know where it could lead. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, don't be that person that's like obnoxious, like, here, let me record everything you're doing. You know, don't be like that. (laughs) Anyways, behind this message, it was, it was uh, lucky, but it was also strategic in terms of, I think that this is going to be a moment that I'm going to want to capture that could encourage or inspire others. Um, so yeah, I was, I was at, uh, my ultrasound, um, to find out the, the sex of my baby. And I didn't realize what wasn't captured on, on camera was that we were having twins and I didn't know that. So, um, we had our own reaction of like, oh my gosh, I just had a baby. Now I'm pregnant with twins. You know, like we had our reaction to my sister who's very animated and, um, was, was came in afterwards. So before she came in, I, uh, 
I said we should record it. So we recorded her action, her reaction, and it was just hilarious. Um, she was like, "Oh my god, can I have one? Can I have a baby?" And so that that video went viral, and uh, we ended up on the Ellen Show, and I won a car on the Ellen Show, and uh, it was it was really special. So if you look up like YouTube, if you're on YouTube and you write. Um, sister freaks out twins <laughs> or if you go to my youtube channel miss jill and then you sort by video most viewed right i'll, sure I'll leave a link it. to it yeah. in the description as well because it is it is cool. a, a fantastic video yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so in terms yeah. of like the, the so the the other sort of content that you've been doing on there so what was sure. the, the the sort of path of of that then how, how where, where did yeah. you start with that and, and how's that grown over time yeah. So um, after teaching for a number of years and just kind of polishing that craft a little bit and watching a ridiculous amount, like you said, the University of uh, YouTube, after watching more and more and just consuming more content to try to perfect my video editing skills and finding out which mm -hmm. software I need to lead to, I started doing some um, some more strategic videos for our school district. So as I was still a teacher, I started to kind of create these inspirational videos or these tutorials. And then eventually I transferred um, out of the classroom and into the communications role um, in the district. So I was able to manage their social media and that kind of threw me, you know, deeper and deeper into yep. video production. And right before the pandemic happened, um, I was I was doing a little bit of consulting, like I was working with our other city departments here in Marlboro. Um, again, just creating content that I thought would be good for social media. But mm -hmm. when right before the pandemic happened, um, I did some work with uh, Rosetta Stone. So if you were to download Rosetta Stone, their Spanish app, you would find me right. teaching Spanish um, because I'm, I speak Spanish and Portuguese, uh -huh. not fluently, but pretty good. But anyways, so I was getting more into like corporate opportunities with video, whether it be behind the scenes or on camera. Um, and with a teaching background, like it was kind of easier for me to be on camera. Anyways, right. the, the pandemic hit and I had all of these DSLR cameras, right? I had um, so much that I was doing with photography and videography. And I was like, I literally did a Google search of like live streaming with a DSLR. Right. And I might have put Mac in there because I'm like a Mac girl. Uh -huh. And what came up? Ecamm Live. So it was like early on before, I mean, Ecamm Live has come such a long way. And um, so at the very beginning, there were a number of things that I imagined in my head and maybe it wasn't exactly set up for me to do that. Right. So I, I would just always come up with these different hacks of trying to, um, I would just push Ecamm as far as I could. Uh -huh. um, and then when the pandemic hit, schools kind of shut down and there were so many things that we couldn't do in person. And then here I am in this communications role with a passion for video and the importance of video, especially with English language learners. And I'm like, why don't we live stream some of these events? So I started live streaming. Um, what the only thing that we could do at the time was um, sporting events, really. So the student athletes were still wearing masks. There were no spectators allowed. Mm -hmm. So the the limits forced creativity and problem right. solving. And I love that. I can't even tell you, like, as soon as someone's like, hey, this isn't working, I'm like, okay, give me a whiteboard in like 30 <laughs> minutes. I'm going to solve it. I can totally figure it out. Uh -huh. So um, during that time, um, just being forced to have to figure it out. And so I consumed a ton of tutorials. 
gosh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I bought all of the equipment. <laughs> I did that typical thing of like, I need to have all of the things to make the thing happen. Then I realized, okay, I don't need half of that and yeah. trying to pivot and everything. Uh -huh. But I think a number of the tutorials that I did with like, okay, hey, I'm live streaming at a hockey game and this is how we do a multicam setup with mm -hmm. different overlays and figuring out those things and then being able to hop into the community of Ecamm and say, hey guys, I just figured out how to do this. This might save you time. I spent you know, 25 hours figuring this out. Yep. Here's the short way to do it. And just giving back to the community that mm -hmm. had given so much to me, um, opened different doors. So I was able to then, um, I flew out to Wisconsin, um, and some, I always say it wrong. I always say Minneapolis, which is not a place. Um, Minneapolis, <laughs> I still can't <laughs> say it right. But, um, anyways, just, I got some different, um, contracting opportunities right. to be able to go out and produce, whether it be in person or virtual and, um, yeah, just leaning more into the craft. I also live here in Massachusetts. So being able to work with Ecamm live based out here in Massachusetts was just phenomenal. Um, so, it, you know, things happened organically, but I think part of that was from the culture of, Hey, I'm trying to figure this out. You're trying to figure this mm -hmm. out. You helped me this time. I'm going to help you next time. It, it, not even like an, an intentional exchange, but just, you know, I, I love being able to do that because I want to be able to sh save time for me and for others. And, and it just opened up a ton of doors. And I love, I love the creativity. So like, you know how mm -hmm. people are like left brain, right brain or in the middle. I think I'm like all right brained in terms of creativity and um, connecting with people. But my dad's an engineer. So I feel like dad, like I got a little bit of that in there because right. I love being able to figure out the tech setups that like, it's not designed to do this, but I can make it work, you know? Um, yeah. So well, I, I think that's, that... that's what struck me, you know, when I first saw you in the Ecamm group, I think it was probably one of those streams where you were, you know, you were talking about that, lot, you know, the big event that you did. And I just thought like, oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. And that was, uh, you know, I can tell from just seeing, you know, what you shared at the time that it certainly did take a lot of figuring out. So it wasn't just purely creative. There was some, uh, something that appealed to my engineer brain in there as well. <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, but it was really cool to see. And, and yeah, you know, the way that you've constantly giving back to the community as well and, and popping in. I mean, it's such a wonderful community of, of people that are, you know, sh so sharing and open, but you're definitely one of the ones that sort of stood out to me as, as, as doing that sort of stuff. So yeah, I know, that, I know that there's other people Once who are really teacher, appreciate Once a teacher, always a teacher. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to talk about Ecamm Live. This is the live production Mac software that we're using to live stream and record this podcast. In my opinion, it is the best live streaming and recording software on the market today. So what exactly does it do? Well, essentially, it allows you to control the content that you're including in your video, be it a live stream or a recorded video. And you do this by building out different scenes that contain the content that you want to show. This content may be a feed from your camera or indeed multiple cameras or you may be sharing a screen which is what I do a lot of in my tutorial style videos that I make for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. You can share the screen from a second computer or maybe even a gaming console if you are a live streaming gamer. And just as we are doing in this podcast you can also bring in guests using Ecamm Live's built-in interview mode where guests can join from a browser and you can then incorporate their video and audio into your production. Finally you can add all kinds of additional 
additional graphical and animated overlay elements and even movies to really add a level of branded professionalism that would be hard to achieve in any other way. The real magic happens though when you hit that record or go live button because then you are able to seamlessly switch back and forth between all of the scenes that you've created and indeed this is how all of the videos have been created for my Take One Tech YouTube channel and the reason it's called Take One Tech by the way is because all of the videos are made in one take with no edits. I just hit record, make the video and as soon as I hit the end recording button the file is there and ready to be uploaded straight to YouTube. What I love about Ecamm is not just the ease of use that it has when compared to other live streaming software but also the greater flexibility it gives in terms of layouts and designs that you can create for your shows when compared to some of the hardware streaming solutions. And one thing that makes Ecamm great specifically for podcasts is the fact that it has the ability to record isolated audio tracks. So once we finish recording this podcast I'll have a separate audio file for me, my guests and any other audio tracks that have been a part of the recording. That makes the editing and repurposing of the content for the podcast so much more streamlined. It does have another little trick up its sleeve though and that is its virtual camera feature. This allows you to take the video output from Ecamm live straight into communication apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Discord and so on. This means that rather than just appearing in Zoom meetings with a regular camera feed you can now show up with all of the amazing production values that Ecamm live gives you and deliver that straight into your Zoom meeting. And trust me when you rock up to a Zoom meeting with Ecamm <laughs> the other participants will be truly amazed. So whether for live streaming, recorded video content or to level up your Zoom game I highly recommend you give Ecamm live a go. You can get a free trial by going to takeonetech.io slash Ecamm that's E C-A-M-M, takeonetech.io slash ecam, and of course you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. You will certainly not regret giving it a go. Now let's get back to the show. Um, so the um, the 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 other events, perhaps uh, I know we we're going to go down the uh, the the sort of teaching route, but also the the events yeah. that you done. What other kinds of events have you done? That was a uh, that was a, a sporting event. But what other kinds of events have you done, and, and how have you balanced the uh, or have you done the uh, the sort of remote production versus in person? Have you have you done any sort of purely remote stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I've done, I've facilitated a lot of um, kind of like off the grid corporate Zooms and just producing right. some of the, these type of streams where you have yep. multiple guests and I've just been kind of the coach behind it. Um, mm -hmm. I've also done some, some not streaming, like live to tape productions of right. um, like we did a job fair. And so I was hired to produce these short videos where I would um, hop on the camera. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to look here and, you know, just use Ecamm as the platform to record that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like just straight up video production. Um, I also do a monthly, uh, video podcast with an economic development corporation where we have, at, at first it was all designed around COVID. So we would have in, in person, uh, guests, uh, but we would all be socially distanced and we took over a conference room and made it into a place where we could, um, you know, a studio right, that right. was a quick setup and, you know, purchase what we needed to purchase so that it's just literally lights, camera, a few overlays, action, you know? Yeah. Um, so being able to do that, that's a consistent um, side gig. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, a lot of the in-person events have been kind of one day live streams. So um, dance competitions, uh, dance recitals. It's, it's funny. Um, we were talking before we started streaming about like all the different uh, things that you can lean into and different yeah. opportunities. And uh, I used to teach dance like way back in the day. So I think my ears are always like perked up for those type of opportunities. And it's, it's definitely a, a, 
it's definitely a great opportunity for people that are are comfortable doing live events, sporting events, dance recitals. Those the need for the having those filmed and live streamed, mm-hmm. I don't think are going to go away. Right. So um, that's something that I've really enjoyed doing. It's a it's a ton of, I would say it's one solid day of setting everything up and making sure all of your tech works and then like ridiculously high amounts of stress during the live <laughs> stream because like it cannot go wrong. It's, yes, it's yeah. a paid ticketed event. It must go right. And then, uh, but the beauty of live streaming these type of events is that like, okay, curtain closes and you're done. You're and done. so I really, yeah. And then if you want to um, go ahead and sell content afterwards, that mm-hmm. that's also an option and, and, you know, rewarding for sure. But yeah, I've done a lot of, um, behind the scenes production. And then that's also opened up a lot of opportunities for um, working with different organizations or companies running social media. Mm -hmm. And um, so I leaned into that a lot during, um, during the lockdown and everything, being able to, I worked with a restaurant for a while that they had me on retainer and that was super rewarding as well. It just, at some point it becomes too much and you're like, Oh, I'm doing this show and I'm doing that. And no, I got to do this social media. And then I have, Oh, I also have my family and my actual job. <laughs> yeah. So finding a balance when you're when you're a creative and your entrepreneurial mindset, it's it's a little tricky. But um, yeah, video's been, gosh, it's just the season to lean into it, mm-hmm. um, and to be able to communicate so actively with people in real time is just it's exciting. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's funny there you mentioned about you know balancing everything but it's it's so easy with the i think that you're like me you really enjoy this kind of stuff and so it's like it's hard to turn down some of these things where it sounds like an exciting project uh so yep. <laughs> and especially when it's so rewarding and fulfilling you know when you're doing things and putting right. on a great show for other people um but yeah i don't right. entirely envy the uh <laughs> the nerve-wracking side of it i like to be able to come into my studio flick a switch and everything's where it was before <laughs> but yeah, yeah all the all the setup i can imagine there's lots of uh you need quite a few more checklists than uh, than i currently have a hundred percent and checklists really do save the day uh-huh. um and also wherever you are going to produce like if you're if you're going uh, on location knowing where the closest best buy or guitar <laughs> center yep. or resource but you know wherever you might need something like it's inevitable that your HDMI cable is not going to be long enough, or you're going to, you're going to forget that power strip or, you know, there's things like that, um, that always come up. So, and working with a team, um, is super helpful, but sometimes some of these projects you can do solo and, uh, and that's, that's fun too, but. Mm -hmm. And so coming back around to the educational side of things, how have you found that things have changed sort of, uh, you know, pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic, but also like what's been the uh, the sort of follow-on from obviously everything was online during the pandemic. How has that sort of yeah. uh, carried on since then? Is uh, are people still yeah. still maintaining a that's lot of a, that? That's a great question. Um, when things were totally shut down, the need for live streaming, let's say sporting events, for example, and like our graduation ceremony as well, that was like a huge, huge production. The first year we we ran oh gosh, I don't want to exaggerate. I think it was 11, 11 or 13 grad, mini graduation ceremonies. And like, uh, again, the pressure was on because each student could only have like five people from their family in person. Right. And the need to be able to have your grandparents or your mm-hmm. siblings even be there in real time in that special moment was so, um, yeah, a lot of pressure and um, so important. So now that that things are opening back up, 
at first, like there was 2000, uh, not 11, 2021. <laughs> Holy crap, I'm so old. I do that. I drop 2000- decades all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 2021 and 2022, this past school year, it was kind of pushing people towards like not demanding that we live stream every single thing. Mm -hmm. And when you're working in public education too, you, you don't, you can't live stream every single thing. A great example of this would be like an eighth grade graduation ceremony. Uh, as we would love to, you know, our, our facility only, uh, only allows for so many people to be there. Mm -hmm. So everybody's like, yeah, you must live stream it. But there are a number of students that are on our opt out list that we need to respect their boundaries on and to be able to um, live stream an event, but then not have some faces show, it gets very tricky. So it's, we're kind of moving back towards our live events are for in person. Like if you can be there in person, great. Uh, We do. So a lot of, I'm switching from doing more live streaming to more, uh, live to tape and then making it available on YouTube because there's there's almost always some edits that need to be done, um, whether just to save time and clean things up um, or respect people's privacy. So um, I'm. it's funny, like we still do live streaming events, our graduations, some of our sporting events, um, and some interviews we do live stream. But when you, when you have uh, students... You never really know how things can go. (laughs) So, (laughs) so like, you know, our Thanksgiving Day rally, I will record it and then I will really check the footage and like zoom in (laughs) on like hand signals and whatnot, (laughs) you know, because kids will be kids. You and I were were that age once. I'm sure we were a very respectful, excellent students. But um, but no, there's there's lots of opportunities still. And the expectation I I had a meeting today with a marketing teacher, and we are gonna do a video to highlight all of the um course options in mm-hmm. our high school because you know we compete against other schools in the area. And why should you come to Marlboro High School? Look at these great courses. So being able to have footage and video highlighting these options and then having the closed captions in English and for us in Marlboro in Spanish and in Mm -hmm. Portuguese, making things and information accessible to people. Video is the way to do it. It really is. Um, And even for people like me, I have ADHD. It's a little trickier. Like if you send me this long PDF flyer just to read, like number one, I can't read a PDF on my computer. I have to print it out. I don't know why, but I have to. And then if I remember to, I'm like, there's so many words, uh, you know, like culture and expectations have changed. Mm-hmm. So the power of video is not going to go away. And um, so there's more expectations, I would say, in the public school system of like, where's the video for that? Where's the video for that? Um, live streaming is not as necessary except for those big events. Like I'll never not live stream our graduation ceremony. I will mm-hmm. always take charge of that like they can't get rid of me because it's my favorite event in the whole year um and but some of our musical events we'll probably do live to tape and then you know release it the next day once we can kind of polish it up because live streaming um music concerts are are extremely challenging as i'm sure you can Mm -hmm. attest to (laughs) a bit of of an audio challenge there for a start (laughs) always yeah yeah. always Uh yep yep for sure and so how have you seen the sort of infrastructure side of things develop like in the in the schools because on the one hand obviously everything was done online but what did that actually mean mm-hmm. that there was you know a certain amount of new sort of technology and infrastructure put into the schools or was it actually more of a case of well it, you know teachers doing online lessons and things like that would have been doing it from 
from home or wherever, maybe on Zoom or how have you seen it? Has it, has it improved the sort of tech in, in schools themselves, do you think? Or? I think so. I mean, certainly in our in our city, we were lucky enough to have like a one to one technology initiative. So everyone, every student, every faculty member has a, a Chromebook, at least if not, if not even more right. advanced technology. So the expectations for students to be able to be resourceful and go, uh, you know, having like a flipped classroom where guys watch this lesson at home and then we'll do the activity at school. That's much more common. Um, gosh, the number of apps and platforms and programs that students are able to access. And, you know, like I said, at the beginning of my teaching career, there's so much more I want to say, or, you know what, you need to hear this pronunciation of this word or this definition, like 20 more times and listen to it at home. So the students are definitely um, able to learn a lot more um, through having a device in their hand, whether it be a cell phone or a computer. My own four kids, I mean, gosh, even my seven-year-olds are like, they might be learning how to do Minecraft, but they're also learning to do all of these other things. I know they use Prodigy a lot. And so the expectations, it's tricky because during COVID, there was so much online learning. Mm -hmm. And now, even for me as a parent, that kids are back in person, I think that that we want them to learn from human beings. We want mm -hmm. that interaction. We want yeah. the turn and talk and collaboration and lab work. We 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 need to get back to those interpersonal skills. Uh, but technology is not going away. So being able to really have that couple what you're doing in the classroom is is hugely important. And the fact that you can like, gosh, you can bring someone in. There's so many innovative teachers that are like, I can't get this person to drive to our town, but mm -hmm. I they'll join a Zoom if we make it, you know, easy for them to join. And so you can have a whole class of like marketing, I'll say again, in, in this little auditorium and have, they had someone from, oh gosh, I can't remember, The Apprentice join their Zoom call and talk about that experience and talk about entrepreneurial mindset and marketing and finances. And so that ability to talk to anyone from anywhere, right? I'm in Massachusetts right now and you're in Thailand. Mm -hmm. The ability to have that communication and that um, information and access is huge and it will never go away. So tapping into that and um, and also creating content in a district that's going to be useful, not just for your current class, but your future classes and not just for this school, but any school. If you look on Marlboro Public Schools um, YouTube channel, and you sort it by videos and most viewed videos, you're gonna the top 10, half of those videos are all um multi-cam science labs that we recorded during COVID. Because mm -hmm. there was no labs. So I worked with some science teachers, Sabrina Riley, shout out to you, you're amazing. Um, and she would just do her regular science lab and we'd have all of these cameras so students could see these chemical reactions or these bacteria uh -huh. growing or like, you know, so, so those we did once we record, it probably took, I don't know, a half hour to set up half hour to live to tape, actually even less than that, probably like 10 minutes uploaded it. And now that's a permanent resource on YouTube. If anybody's trying to do this weird P glow lab, they'll find it on Marlboro public schools. And that's awesome that they can, you know, video is so powerful, especially to a number of learners like myself and maybe like you. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting though. You know, I don't, I don't think about those sort of practical side of education because I, I, 
I tend to be doing more sort of me as a talking head, doing my tutorials, you know, <laughs> those kind yeah. of things, um, or people like lecturing, giving notes, but actually really sort of hands-on practical stuff. I don't know why I didn't really think of that whole side of it with, you know, in the school system, you know, science lessons yeah. and things like that. That's uh, that's really interesting. What are the, the, the sort of considerations then with actually translating something that would be normally done in a classroom environment? How What's the yeah. sort of most effective ways to actually get that into a into a video forward, a format that still keeps it engaging and... Uh, and still has the same impact. Right. Well, um, I mean, it all depends on the content. I mean, for for science, I mean, think about one of the most famous scientists on the internet, Bill Nye, the science guy. Uh -huh. Bill, 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 right? You know? <laughs> so, like, he had this quirky, cool personality, and he integrated footage of kids and you know, fast moving and stuff like that. And, and that's not for everybody. Then there's also this, this YouTube channel called the Amoeba sisters. We love them as I used to teach science as well as ESL. And like the Amoeba sisters are all like animated videos. And that was really cool too, because you can do so much with animation to like make an amoeba come to life and show mm -hmm. how these, you know, processes happen. We just finished up a series, um, on our YouTube channel for our, um, with our English language learners, um, and students that would come into, our school system late that are interested in playing an instrument. So what we did was we did a short, you know, three to seven minute video tutorial on how to play each of these main instruments that are in the band. Mm -hmm. Here's how you assemble the clarinet. Here's how you make the first three notes. Here's what it sounds like. And, and then we had all our translation department did closed captions in Spanish and in Portuguese because those are our two main languages in our city. Um, and then the power of YouTube, you could actually throw in any language. It's going to be Google Translate, but mm -hmm. you could throw in any language. And then students are able to see. And for me, I always like to do multi-camera, right? So it's not, no offense. So it's not just a talking head. <laughs> yep. Talking heads are good too. <laughs> but for educational content to be able to go from this to kind of a close up. And yep. so, you know, half of that footage is just on an iPhone, but half of it's, you know, a decent camera so that, mm -hmm. you know, hello, we're very polished and we're a very important public school system creating this content for you. Um, but being able to show the different angles and trying to put them in the shoes of, okay, do I want to play this instrument? Now I know some of the basics. So right. we're, we're trying to do more things like that. So basically if you, if you moved to our city and you jumped into a photography class. That's another course that we're working on. And then the teacher's like, you know, they're excited to see you, but they're also like, oh crap. I got to explain all the basics. Mm -hmm. Like th this student missed the first month of school right? and you don't want to make them feel bad, but you also don't want to exclude them. So trying to take those type of um, repetitive Mm -hmm. What do you say a hundred times a year and what can you, what can you do in a five minute video that you can say, Oh, welcome. So excited you're here. Actually, we've got this video. If you want to watch this, this is kind of going to go over the, the protocols to help you feel like you're accessing the curriculum the same as anyone else. Um, so that's, that's kind of the big project I'm working on right now. I'm not doing as much live streaming, but I'm trying to make content like this that are going to help students with all different backgrounds feel like they're part of the classroom and some of that just showing that visually and in their first language um is is just like hugely important mm -hmm. there's, a, there's another yeah. side to it as well that which is apart from the content and the delivery method is actually the way people sort of look and sound from a, an audio and video quality on camera yeah and i don't know about you but i've been really surprised by how few people have really embraced it and and made big improvements i'm sure anyone that you work with yeah. you know you're going to get them set up the way that they need to be to look 
great and sound great so they can get their message out but but there's just so many people that seem like they've put zero effort into it and haven't really considered the fact that that is a huge part of being able to communicate is you know people being able to see and hear you clearly um what's been your sort of experience with that in the education system is uh, is that something that isn't an issue or is it of people being more proactive about it certainly in the business world people could have done a lot more (laughs) yeah um you have the best questions by the way great question it's so important (laughs) It's so funny because I feel like in different platforms, different things matter more or less. So, for example, like if we were hopping on a Zoom call and your audio was in and out or like your camera was off or it was like weird, like views and angles, (laughs) then it would be super distracting and it would be hard for me to get the content. The same as if you had a teacher in person that was doing something Mm -hmm. that was super distracting. If I was paying attention more so the fact that I'm in the back of the classroom, they talk really soft and I can't hear them. Yep. Well, uh, there's no learning going on. So certain some things, it's really important to take away all of those distractions. But then if you go over to like Amazon, right? If you go over to like their Amazon review videos, mm-hmm. it doesn't even really matter so much about like, I just, if I'm going to buy um, yeah. a new like remote or whatever, I just need to see someone like I don't really care about the audio at all. Right. Um, I just need to be able to s- learn what I need to learn visually. Or if you go over to TikTok or Instagram Reels or YouTube, if the audio is crap, I'm not listening. I can't do it. I, mm-hmm. I, I can deal with what I call potato cam. Potato cam is like the built-in webcam, you know? Right. So if I can deal with with poor video quality, but I can't deal with poor audio quality. Mm -hmm. And then if you go over to, um, if you go over to TikTok, let's say, and there's a video that's overproduced, Mm -hmm. that's using like the most amazing videos and stuff like that. It doesn't feel authentic to me. So I'm like swiping away because unless the purpose is to show you how you can look this great on camera. So it's like, it's it's just interesting. It changes for the needs. I think for students, um, actually, let's let's talk about Facebook. So with my job in in marketing and communications for a school system, having excellent video quality and uh, pictures on our posts is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Like we have we've we've upped the standard, and now we're going to stay at that standard because it's important to us. And if but if I get a picture that's not maybe like a home run that's great for stories and like, Hey, look at this behind the scenes. So there's kind of a place for, for everything. But if I'm going to make, if I'm going to, if they're going to, if I'm going to spend a great amount of time working on a project that's important to our students or our community or our teachers, I'm going to try to produce that as well as I can so that I do it once. And it has a shelf life of five or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially with the more strategic projects we're trying to do now. I think students are more forgiving in some ways, um, but then they're also getting so skilled, especially our middle schooler and high schoolers. They know how to get excellent footage from their own devices. So mm-hmm. if if they're creating this awesome content and then their teachers are like using a webcam and they're backlit and it's just yeah. like, guys, can you hear me? It's like, oh, it's painful. Um, <laughs> so not every educator needs to be amazing video producer or social media specialist. But I will say people in my roles should do their very best and continue to educate themselves to make content that's not distracting. Mm -hmm. It's not 
lacking in some ways and it's not overly produced and like hoity-toity, like, oh, look at me, I'm so amazing. And finding that balance for your community and your viewers is is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're obviously really great at this and you've, you're proactive about doing that for the, you know, the, the schools that you're working with and uh, the institutions mm-hmm. that you're working with. But has there been any sort of like top-down uh, information about that, like teaching others mm-hmm. who, you know, aren't as proactive as you or skilled as you to, to actually how to do it? You know, were, the, were teachers in general, I've, it's just never something I was aware of, but were they given any guidance in terms of, you know, when they're running online classes, you know, how to how to mm-hmm. do that effectively? Or was it just a case of, well, guys, we're all going do online. Your best. <laughs> do your best. Good luck with it. <laughs> right. You got this. No, I will say there were, there were a number, um, I, I would say almost all, all schools in um, across the United States, at least, um, have professional development opportunities. Right. So there were there was so much creativity in terms of course offerings. So even for our school, like next month, teachers can apply to do different professional development trainings. So there are some teachers that are like, "Hey, I'm using Canva with my students, mm-hmm. and this is how you can use this great great thing to create." Yeah infographics that then can be translation is obviously very important for our community. That's why I keep bringing it up. But um, so there's lots of teachers that teach teachers how to do those things. Um, And so, I mean, I've seen, I've done a number of trainings like that myself where like, Hey, how to make, how to use videos to communicate and to teach outside of the classroom. So those things do happen Um, in public education. It's more like, you know, the people in your district and in your building or in your hallway that are like good at technology. And you're mm-hmm. like, Hey, I, I, I need to show my kids how to do this. Can you just like record this for me and put it on Google classroom? So it might not always be like outward facing, but in terms of um, support through the pandemic, there was, there were a lot of resources mm-hmm. um, to help teachers, but the bar was also like, Hey guys, we're all just surviving this thing. So do your best. Yep. And here are some best practices make sure that your your second graders can't take over your Zoom call, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people that were geared towards valuing video production or valuing um, excellence in technology and communication, they leaned into it anyway. Mm-hmm. And they would go to their preferred platform to learn more about it. Um, I ended up teaching a lot of ESL, English is a second or other language, um, courses on my not courses but videos and live streams on my youtube channel miss jill hey shout out um so i would go live there a lot and uh i'm a portuguese learner so i would i would speak portuguese and i would go back and forth and i would kind of be vulnerable in my language learning of portuguese and then try to help people learn english and and i would have guests sometimes you know through being able to do that with ecamm and stuff like that but everyone's wired differently but I don't know. Video and streaming is a great way to teach and connect with people for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was talking about, you know, things during the pandemic, but certainly everyone was thrown in at the deep end with uh, a lot of other things yeah. to worry about as well. So you know, I think we can be uh, forgiven for those who didn't quite get up to speed with, with it all. Right. But... And there's some people that are never, it's, it's going to feel like, actually, let me say this. I never got into two social media platforms. Mm -hmm. One was Snapchat. I don't know if it's being 38 and like when Snapchat was starting to be trending, I was like, I felt like I was too old for it or like I just couldn't keep up with it. And and it was just an annoying. So like I just missed that boat entirely. And if you told me tomorrow 
Jill, I need you to do a, not that any, <laughs> any educational platform would be like, can you do a tutorial on Snapchat? But yeah. if they asked me to, I'd be like, Ugh, like, yes, yeah, do it. Cause I just, <laughs> I'm not interested in it. And I don't mm-hmm. want to have to learn something that I'm not going to personally want to use. Yep. Another example is, is Twitter. I, I, I don't know why I just kind mm-hmm. of like missed that. I mean, I, I do it for my work. Um, but in terms of me personally, I'm not on Twitter a lot, which now I kind of don't regret because there's all sorts of craziness of there, but we won't talk about that. Um, but so there's there's some things that so I, I think about that and my like aversion to yes. some platforms. Mm-hmm. And so teachers get into teaching um because they either love the kids, love helping people, or love their content, or hopefully all three of those things. Mm-hmm. So it, to expect every educator to have to like get with the time, get with technology is not fair. Uh Um, I think that making sure that they know how to use the technology that they need to do to communicate with families, like uploading grades and stuff like that. That's the number one priority. And then anything extra is just awesome and thoughtful and above and beyond, you know? So I, I love what I do, but I certainly don't expect every person that's in education to be like, grab this DSLR and yeah. download the software <laughs> yeah. and get mm-hmm. really good and make sure that you have your overlays. And when you have a guest, make sure that like, you know, like all of that is so awesome. But I don't I don't expect people to have to do that to be an education. But the teachers and the um and and the companies that have been mindful of making things accessible. And by leaning into technology, I mean, kudos to them. It's just, Mm -hmm. I think to survive in this day and age, you've got to be really mindful of that, where people are getting information. Like if your washing machine breaks right now, what are you going to do? Pick up the phone. Like this, (laughs) you're going to, so you're going to pick up the phone and call someone. Yeah. Or so for me, if anything breaks in my house, I'm immediately going to YouTube to solve it by myself. I'm going to invest, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want to be able to, figure out it can i figure it out like can i spend 10 bucks or do i have to like i'm gonna try everything i can to do it myself which is probably like some type of trauma response but i don't care i'm still gonna keep doing it yeah yeah um and then you know because i'm confident that somebody else has figured out exactly how to do this thing and nine times out of ten you can find what you need on something like youtube mm-hmm. it's a great perspective though that about you know having teachers not being uh, necessarily you know tech being the thing that they're interested in and i also totally miss snapchat i still try and force <laughs> myself onto twitter but I'm, i feel like i'm there reluctantly i'm not really using it appropriately you know not inappropriately but you know what i mean i'm not really using it as i should right. as a you know another distribution network you know i'm just i'm just not really doing it so i, I totally get what you're saying similar ages it's just like like it just missed like uh, i know there's value there uh-huh. I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm having to force myself on TikTok as well. I'm, uh, you know, to post repurposed content there. But uh, yeah. yeah, fortunately, I can use the same kind of stuff as I'm doing with reels and and that sort of reels, stuff as yeah. well. And uh, and shorts, YouTube but, shorts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I love I love TikTok. TikTok's phenomenal as a uh, entertainment source, but also as an educational source. And yes, yeah. Um, the algorithm, man, it it is quite remarkable because like. Yeah, it's 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 very cool. But in terms of creating there, I think I'm at that um, creator level of, you know, how I talked about my history of YouTube, where it was just like a Google Drive, where right, like every right. once in a while, like, 
I'll just dump something there. So that's been my TikTok. At some point, people are like, Jill, you're so charismatic. Why aren't you on TikTok? You should you lean into whatever. I'm like, I do too many things. And with TikTok, it's very like, you must be niched down. Right, right. And I don't know if I want to be like the crazy mom or the teacher or the language learner or the media person. I don't know. I just, I'm just going to consume there for a while. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. It's good to f- figure out uh, what's going on there before uh, taking a leap into it as well. So I think that's it. That's a very good yeah. approach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perhaps we could start talking a little bit about the uh, the tech because I'd always like to save a little bit of time to take a look sure. at sort of behind the scenes and see what you've got going on yeah. in terms of your studio setup. That's uh, if that's cool with yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. So with my um, I, I because I do so much traveling and production that's like not in a specific spot. I before I joined you, I was like, we can either join from my home, which is a tiny corner spot in my bedroom that might get interrupted by four kids and two Newfoundland dogs, which are very loud and fuzzy and drooly, but they're adorable. Hi, Panda. Hi, Stella. Uh, But this, where I'm at today is I'm at the Economic Development Corporation. So um, yeah, I do some, I do, this is where I do the monthly podcast. So I'm typically the producer and co-host. And uh, so yeah, I'll show you some different shots from this spot. Um, All of the cameras that we're using here are Canon M50s with a Sigma lens. I don't have the details on it, but I probably have it somewhere in the YouTube description or something. It will be um, all in, like, all in the know. description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex, so good. So, and then I have my main uh, host that sits in this location. And then you can see this is kind of like the cheap $17 USB up in the corner. Oh, how are you? <laughs> um, up there. And so what we usually do is have our host sit there and then our guests sit over there. And then I sit here um, you can see I've got the Zoom L8 uh, soundboard, which has been, I mean, gosh, it was a very cheap financial investment, but it's great. This this microphone I'm using here is a $40 um, XLR microphone, and I think it's fine. I mean, I love my Shure SM7B, all that stuff too. But um, for this type of a setup, our priority was having the camera quality be consistent. So we have three of the same cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and three of the same microphones. And sometimes when we get additional guests, you know, we bring in more lights and I'll, mer- I'll multi-purpose some of our cameras to equal two shots, even though it's one camera. Power of Ecamm is amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm streaming all of this through an iMac computer with, I can't remember how many gigs, but yeah. Usually what I, when I am doing bigger productions, I'll use my Mac mini mm-hmm. um, and a, a pretty cheap, portable monitor uh, i mean the mac minis are it was that was one of my best investments you asked you asked me about that in the questionnaire like you know what's one of your best pieces of gear i have a sony camera i have a canon camera uh, multiple canon cameras like i have a couple canon 80ds i love my um black magic 4k camera mm-hmm. but my most essential piece of equipment because i do so much streaming has been my mac mini it's just super affordable and it's a beast I haven't been able to push it to the limit of like fans going yet, but right. we'll get there. I think they really took uh, a lot of people by surprise. Those, uh, you know, the M series, the Apple Silicon chips, and you know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. e- even the you know hardcore Apple fans, you know, before they came out, you know, when they were first announced, were wondering, you know, how's how's it going to be? It's a first generation thing, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was just astounding when we saw all the the specs coming out and. And I was oh, always yeah. someone who always used to try and get the sort of top of the range Mac thinking that, you know, it'd stand me for, you know, a couple of years. Um, and I would still often, you know, with some of my architectural stuff, you know, be 
maxing things out but then when these came out uh you know the the base model is infinitely better than the uh you know the yeah. top spec intel one that was out just you know months before it was quite amazing and so i'm with you i yeah. I really value the the power of the, <laughs> the mac mini yeah and i think i got the most uh ram that i could like that was the other thing like just creeping on the not creeping but participating being an active community <laughs> member of the of the ecam group yep. and some other live streaming groups like trying to figure out and like okay it's a big invest any purchase in the tech world is a big investment and you don't want to have to keep upgrading or keep like waiting for things to break so like at first like i told you i bought all of the things and then i was like okay what what do i actually really need and what do i go to and it's whatever whatever tech you know how to use and get the mm-hmm. best out of is you know like I still need to learn some of my more fancier equipment, but anyways, um, being able to go there as a resource and be like, okay, I'm, I, this is my budget. What should I spend my money on? And that was super, super helpful. And I have no regrets with, um, with the Mac mini or like my Sony camera, doc rock. God love him. He's <laughs> cost oh a lot of gosh. people a lot of money. <laughs> he, he has, <laughs> but I will say, in my home setup, I have my Sony X, oh gosh, what is it? X something with a 10. I can't remember. But I love that camera. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it with the Sigma lens. And it's just, it's, it's just awesome. Um, but yeah, microphones or audio uh, for people just starting to get into like the live streaming world or uh, video production. Um I would encourage them to think about their audio needs Mm -hmm. first. Yep. Uh, Because you can even use like, gosh, a thousand dollar iPhone, right? You know, that you use every single day. You can definitely um, with some education, use that as a great webcam. You know, I've used GoPros as a webcam. There's, there's so many different ways uh, to look great on camera. Even some of the built-in, I mean, gosh, I had a zoom call with Katie from Ecamm today and we were just using potato cams, but like her newer MacBook built-in webcam looked great. Certainly much better than my old MacBook, you know, so, mm-hmm. uh, but audio is super, super important. Yeah, that was the first thing I did when I was starting my channel and looking to create videos was, uh, yeah, tr- get, get it. Mean, in fact, the mic that I got, the MV7, I bought that one specifically mm-hmm. because it's both USB and uh, XLR. So I could use it just yeah. plugged into the computer to begin with. Uh, and then now it's going into a roadcaster and it gives you that sort of option yep. to sort of expand it later on. Uh, and to, to, I wish to, I had done that. Yeah. The, the, the point about cameras as well is um, you can vastly improve any camera just by improving the lighting. And I think that a lot of people, you know, they, they focus on the, the camera first, but then if they haven't got good lighting, then even even a great camera can look terrible if you're, <laughs> you're doing a bad job of 100%. positioning and all, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, you make it make a huge to difference. go along with that. I just got to say. In my home studio, I have like my three-point lighting and I look so like beautiful and my background so bokeh. But you know what? That's okay. We're not there today. <laughs> I, I think I have like, we've got headlights on. I was like, I, I turned off these over lights and then it like, it felt too like, like weirdly romantic. And I was like, okay, this is not that kind of show. <laughs> But yeah, depending on what. Yeah, I was like, no, uh, but depending on what what type of uh, you know what your audience is and what what you're working on mm-hmm. being super mindful of that and you're totally right and if and if people don't know how to do that oh my gosh there's just there is a ridiculous amount of youtube videos that you can find on like 
improving your lighting for live stream. Like put in any combination of words and you will you will find a lot of awesome tutorials out there. I'm sure some by Alec. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> you might some, some tutorials of mine may pop up. <laughs> You, might, you, might you mentioned something earlier about how you'd got all this equipment and that's another thing that i think yeah. a lot of people um you know don't necessarily i mean i'm still using a 10 year old cam- camera that i had that i actually wasn't using because i stopped using it because i was just using my phone it was in my pocket all the time but this is a, a canon yeah. uh 60 60d so it's yeah. it's 10 years old and i it's on my upgrade schedule but on my upgrade path but uh i've, I've yeah. just never got around to uh, changing it to be honest so it's still sitting here it's so never- you've got You've got the dummy battery in there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I've got my uh, my teleprompter sitting on top top of it. So I haven't seen the yeah. camera for uh, months because it's hidden behind that. Um, <laughs> and I haven't I haven't switched it off either. So it's just sitting there and just ready to go all the time. And that's yeah, awesome. One of those things that haven't changed. So I think a lot of people overlook. You know, they they look at all the latest and greatest, thinking, "Oh, I've got to get mm. X, Y, and Z to get started." But actually, you might well have something uh, that's that's there, ready and waiting, that you could be uh, be using right off the bat. I think that that's such a great point. Um, if you're wanting to, even for myself, I'm talking to myself right now, okay, guys. Um, if you're wanting to create more content, if you're wanting to lean into content creation, then have a setup that is literally as easy as like flipping on a light switch. I think, is it Keith? Keith? Keith Pelzer. Uh-huh. And Junaid and a yep. few other creators like, uh, even the way that they have everything wired in, it is yep. literally like they put the power on and then all of the things are, is that you too? That's, yeah, that's totally me. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my witness wait, wait, protection look. Now we got the, <laughs> I was going to say, there's like, there's the uh, live streamer backstage after dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, But for sure, like make it as easy as possible mm-hmm. to get, to get, uh, creating Mm -hmm. so whatever you have like that's why like my home office is pretty good because it's it's over there in the corner i i don't have everything smart plugged in but it is like turn on this put that on it's my like you said my sony's like in the teleprompter Mm -hmm. just there permanently Uh, the only thing is every once in a while i'll forget to turn my sony off right which is probably not good for the life of my camera Uh um but yeah um having everything be like push, start, ready to go, you're going to create so much more content. So work with what you have and get good at working with what you have, get the most that you can get. And you're going to create so much more. And people like you don't have to be the fanciest person in the world. Like I really do have a lot of regrets over spending so much money and just getting, what do people say? Gas, gear acquisition syndrome, yep. right? We've all that was a thing. <laughs> we've all, everyone in the Ecamm community has gotten the gas. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some things that there's no regrets on like um, my stream deck for sure. That's a piece of equipment I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. I invested in uh, my, my, SM7B, my Sony, my Mac Mini, but everything else is like, you know, learn how to use the software that you're using and just get creating as much as you can, um, but make it easy so that you will create more. It's not going to, you're not going to have any hindrances to hold you back. That seems like the perfect bit of advice to uh, to wrap it up on, because <laughs> I do want to be conscious <laughs> of your time and not uh, not run over. Um, but um, yeah, perhaps you can tell people like how, exactly how you can help them and how to uh, get in touch with you got your uh, website up here but uh, yeah tell them if uh, if somebody comes to you what sort of things can you help folks out with guys i can help you with everything all right check out my website oh i got my fingers pointed it's funny <laughs> when we set up the website i was like oh is that cheesy and uh jp high tech helped me with my website oh, He's like, no, Julian. Cool. 
It's awesome. Totally do it. Um, but yeah, you check out my website. You can send me an email at um, info at creativecommunicators.com. And what I'm looking to do in this next year is collaborate with um, people that are looking for in-person events. Certainly around New England is, is easiest and easy, easiest for me to facilitate. But um, yeah, if you're looking for any type of um, support in your live streaming or um, consulting, if you're wanting to brainstorm or hopping on a call like this where we can um, you know, have the conversations and solve any problems. I love working with others. I truly do. And in the next, um, in the next year, I'd love to, you know, work with some new clients, especially if you have like a one day live stream, we got to pull off this big production or we have an in-person event that we also want to have live streamed. That's the stuff that gets me really excited. Um, yeah. Well, I can, and plus, I can, if, I can vouch for if that. You speak <laughs> I was so impressed by yeah, seeing the ones that you've done so far. So uh, yeah, I can Thank highly recommend you. it. And obviously all the links to all of this will be in the uh, the description as well. Um, and over on your YouTube channel as well, what's the, uh, the, the sort of drive there at the moment? I know that you've got quite yeah. varied stuff over there as well. So there's loads of great tutorials I on there do, as well. For sure. So my YouTube channel, Miss Jill, um, I haven't been creating a ton of content lately just because of um, stuff that I've been working on with uh, with my job and personal life, you know, kids, family, all that stuff. But um, eventually I'll be putting more content out there on that channel. So eu falo português, I speak Portuguese. So if you are a Brazilian Portuguese speaker or if you speak Spanish that you're trying to learn English, eu sou professor de inglês, I would love to help you. Um, but also I, I will probably be adding some more tutorials and tech tips there. Um, I'm going to be leaning into Amazon, not Amazon live selling, but some of those Amazon um, video reviews. So that's like a goal of mine for this next year, just to create right. like, I've spent so much money on Amazon. I'm an Amazon affiliate. Why am I not just making short, tiny videos yep. to say, hey, this is this product. This is how it works. So that's not really publicly going to help anybody, but for me, it'll, <laughs> well, it will <laughs> help, to it'll do help that. all the uh, the shoppers. So I mean, it is it is a valuable thing that because then the people are there, yeah. they get in the your great insight. And uh, I, I had a, I, I've really shifted my opinion of Amazon since I I joined the the program myself and now stream and make videos there because I did yeah. always have this idea of it being like QVC that kind of thing and right. And it's so not that we, you know, people like uh, Chris Stone, who was in the chat just a moment ago as well. But, you know, people like that have shown me that there are oh, these these other ways of uh, of doing things on yeah. Amazon that aren't just about, you know, showing the latest products and stuff like that. There's a, a way to do it in a way that really actually genuinely helps a load of people out to make informed right. decisions. So when people are going to YouTube and like, like I said, your dishwasher breaks, you're plugging in the specific dishwasher yep. name there. You're like, you're there to look for a solution to your problem. Mm -hmm. When I go to Amazon, I'm looking for a specific product. Yep. Um, I, is it Kirk Nugent? Oh, Kirk but also Nugent. Like, oh yeah. He's it, been great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I've bought a ton of things on his live, not a ton, but like a number of things from his live because I'm there to look for, I'm not wearing them today, Kurt. Don't, don't, don't judge me. I just forgot my headphones at home, but like specific things that I was already shopping for anyway, yeah. I, I would much rather be able to see a live review of it, honest opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, support my other content creators. So I totally agree. I, um, a lot of people are in, um, L L M L M's and they're like, Oh, Jill, you'd be so great. Why don't you like, 
join this and sell this hair product or yep. makeup or clothes and all of that. And like, I don't ever want to use my name to sell any products because companies come and go and I, I don't want to do that. But mm. there's something interesting about the Amazon live feature because you're literally there and you're saying, Hey, this is something that I purchased. This is wh what I use it for. Here's all the different uses of it. If you find that it's helpful, then great. You know, if you have any questions, Oh yeah, I can show you like, it's definitely more of a teaching, um, facilitating solving people's problems platform. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I do, I, I, I had the same hesitation. Like I don't want to make QVC like, Hey guys, and by now, make yeah. sure you click the link below. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, ugh. <laughs> but I I agree that the the viewers that I watch like literally if I'm looking up like um flattering plus size blazers right then Amazon is giving me that and yes, then if yeah. someone happens to be if there's a content creator that's like a similar body type than me that I can then like stock and she's going to solve my problems to make me feel amazing and I'm not having to buy things and return them by the I can just see what what I want on someone yep. else I, I mean it, it it's very valuable Mm -hmm. And it's not as saturated as some of the other platforms, right? You know, like That's another big they thing. do make it yep. harder to be mm -hmm. an affiliate. So um, I'll want to lean into that at some point. It's definitely a good uh, good time to join. You'll have to come back once yeah. you've uh, been doing that for a while and uh, share your experience as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your uh, your knowledge and expertise with us all. It's been uh, really interesting. Could, I could keep on, but I always uh, always need to be conscious of your time, <laughs> even if I'm happy to, 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 <laughs> to go on. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, once again, anyone listening in the uh, the audio, uh, you can find all the links to uh, uh, Jill in the, the show notes and also on uh, YouTube as well. You can find that in the description. But thanks again for being here, Jill. Uh, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Next week, I'm going to be joined by another uh, awesome uh, guest with uh, another great conversation. So once again, if you do want to find anything uh, that you've heard talked about today, then you'll be able to find that all in the show notes. So links to all the products and things like that from uh, Jill. Jill's actually got a really great uh, list with all of her uh, gear and recommendations recommendations so i'll just leave a link directly to that list in there as well uh, and of course you can find all of the places that you can connect with jill there as well so uh, thanks again for watching thanks for listening i'll see you all next time